Welcome to Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFBA. Over the next hour, you'll be introduced to business and local leaders impacting our community. Text your comments or questions directly to the studio at 540-371-5756. Now, the host of Town Talk, Ted Schubel. We're going to talk uh, General Assembly, General Assembly preview this morning. It begins tomorrow in Richmond, and uh, State Senator Tara Duran is here from the uh, 27th District. Senator Durant, it's the first time I've actually been able to call you Senator Durant. Well, technically, Senator-elect until tomorrow. Well, yeah. Okay, you're right. You're right. Yeah. If we're to be, if we're to be correct, I you're Senator-elect. Yeah. The, the, the 27th district, it's a new district. It is. It is. And yeah. so you're all of the city and then part of Spotsylvania and Stafford. It's pretty much all of the county of Stafford, oh, just okay. a sliver in the north, but it's pretty much most of the county of Stafford. And yes, all of the city of Fredericksburg and then a portion of Spotsylvania County that I share with, I think, uh, Senator Reeves, Senator Stewart, Senator McDougal. I'm not sure. I can't okay, <laughs> yeah. memorize all the new lines yet. But it's it, it is it is a uh, it is a new seat. It is, it's I'm, I am sure that the this is just kind of different for you because whether it was primaries or running for the house mm. and for the senate, and I mean it's just, you, you know you can you can finally catch your breath a little I bit. Know. And I have so I'm oh, so good. happy about that. Yes, and I'm so excited for this. This is this is what I love, and getting a chance to really dive in and do the actual work um, for the Commonwealth. This is my lane. I always think that the start of the General Assembly is just really exciting oh, to me. It's just it's, it's an exciting day. The, the governor tomorrow will give a state of the Commonwealth. Uh, yes. And it, it really starts. And in this this year, you'll you'll put a budget together, and it's it's a, it's a long session. So you're down there for 90, 90 days? 60, 60 days, I think, is the session. 60 so days. Yeah, it's 30 March, in a short. I think the March 9th, I think. So, yeah, we've got a lot of work to do. For you, just personally, how do you do? Do you go back and forth between Richmond every day, or do you sometimes stay down there? Do you stay down there during the week? The, uh, everybody does it different. Every, correct. Everybody does do it differently. And um, the last, when I as a delegate, I stayed down there during session and would try to get home when I could. Um, but I really tried to get my sea legs and settle down into it and really, you know, fully immerse myself and learn, mm-hmm. observe. Um, but this this year I'm going to try to commute more. Um, my husband does a lot of telecommuting, and so he's going to work from one of the libraries, you know, in Richmond. And we're just going to try to get back. Our youngest child just started high school, so we want to lean in and make sure we don't miss her games and yeah. all of that. So I'm going to pack an overnight bag, but my goal is to try to get back as much as possible. And that's the great thing about a a legislature, a citizen legislature, that mm-hmm. the people can see you. People yeah. will, can see you on the weekends. They can see you exactly. at church. They can see you while you're shopping and talk to you about things. Right. And they do. So she's great. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you're right. I think that's part of been the, the what I've the feedback I've heard is that the appeal is that I live everyone's life here in our district, in the community. I mean. I'm a wife and I'm a mom mm-hmm. and, you know, was formerly a teacher. And so it's just, you know, someone who understands, you know, the challenges that we all face and be able to bring that to the General Assembly and advocate for us, I think. So it's even more important to absolutely stay present. You haven't, the, the, the session starts tomorrow, exactly. but is, is there a lot to learn or is it, it, 
how the Senate operate the Senate how the Senate operates as compared to the House? Yeah, I think you'll always learning. Absolutely. I mean, this is just my third year in the General Assembly, so I I absolutely feel like I I'm still learning. Uh, but you know, I, I, I certainly understand a lot more um, about the process. And I, you and I were talking about this. I have a phenomenal team. Um, yeah. My now chief of staff. She was former uh, chief of staff for our speaker Bill Howell, and and now I have um, in the Senate. You have two, so I have someone who um, has been with me since the very beginning, and he's right from here in Stafford County. So I think having that support and having a phenomenal team around you that just—I'm so fortunate. I, I never cease to to try to sh- shine light on the the support they give and and the advocacy they do for constituent services and. Yeah, but Kathy Roberts has worked for years. Yeah. in the general assembly and it's, it's just i know is a help to you and is a help to this area so oh, yeah. yeah she earns her keep absolutely <laughs> is this your first year in the, the the general assembly building is now yes open i have not seen it but i have please heard rave come. reviews about it oh yeah please anyone who wants to come see it please please we would love to 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 host you down there come see us um we the general assembly building is beautiful and i think very functional and uh just moved into the office yesterday, so it's still <laughs> a work in progress. But, yeah, we're very excited about this. You're getting used to, you know, a new place in the Senate. You know, in the Senate, you've got a General Assembly building. Mm-hmm. It's all a lot a lot of new stuff. A lot of new stuff and a lot of new members, too. Yeah. I think there, I'd heard something, 30-some new members in the House. Um, out, of, out of 40 senators, um, we have 18 that are new and then as you and i were talking about we have two that won special elections last year so you know i think they haven't quite been in, in a year so if you count that that's 20 out of 40 that are new mm. gonna be an interesting session yeah. we'll jump into things and talk about some of the things you're involved in and some of the things that we'll be hearing about over the next uh, few months from uh, richmond with uh, state senator elect tara durant from the 27th district quick break we'll get started on news talk 12 30 wfea Welcome back to Town Talk on News Talk 1230. You can weigh in about today's topic on Facebook at WFVA 1230 and by text at 540-371-5756. Here's your host, Ted Schubel. Tara Durant in this morning, the uh, state senator-elect in the uh, the 27th district covering uh, par- uh, the, the, the city, most of Stafford, and, uh, and, uh, and, and part of Spotsylvania. General Assembly begins tomorrow. I guess you 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 mentioned about you know people talking to you and I guess some as we talk about uh, some of the legislation that that, that you're going to introduce a lot of things I guess come I know come from from governments and local governments themselves will come to you but I, I people I guess yeah also come to you and just say hey have you ever thought of this or I have a problem with this absolutely those some of the very best ideas come from those conversations and in fact have been effective I've passed legislation based on. Um, that feedback that people give me. And we did a pre-session survey. I'm so grateful for the folks that com- took the time to sit down and, and complete it and give me their thoughts. Um, this, you know, I want to hear, I really, really do want to hear how um, they feel things are going, have an opportunity to give me their comments and feedback and just gauge the temperature on, on the most key issues that we think that are facing and challenging us right now, not just in our area, but in the Commonwealth overall. So um, that's a key piece of it. And I think one of the things I've learned as a legislator is that 
you form some relationship with some, uh, oh, well, it's a variety of different sources, but those that are mm-hmm. really working behind the scenes to create those best practices that you can get and work together as a partner. Well, and I, and I guess when you talked about the, a, a pre-session uh, survey, when, uh, when you get a chance to do those, fill that out as a, as a, you know, we need to remember to do that because it does, yeah. it gives you kind of feedback and, and, and knowledge of what the, what the district is Very thinking. much. We pour over every single one. And some people really do fill out, there's a portion at the hmm. end where they can say, is there anything you want to tell me? And um, we, we review that and... They, they really have great insight and thoughts. Very, I think they take a lot of good reflection and sharing what they feel like I need to, to know it's important to them. One of the things the, uh, the the governor a couple of weeks ago in his uh, in as as his, he talked about some of his priorities in the budget talked about uh, eliminating the car tax. Yeah, I guess that will be a big will will be debated and and, and discussed uh, the in this session. Most tax, hands oh, down. Yeah, hands yeah. down. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it is. And I and I know in the past when Governor Gilmore tried it and when uh, it has it has come up before it always comes back to local governments and yeah, where do you find the money? Exactly. Yeah, it's. The appetite is there, hundred percent. It's just how are we going to create this? And so, um, I of course support you know that, but we have to take a look, hard look, and see yeah. how this is going to shape out in the budget. And of course, that's an up or down. You don't get an opportunity once it's presented to you to. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, the um, kind of a kind of a side note when we when I, I am sure that. Uh, you and in, in, uh, in you know any any uh, state lawmaker looks with interest as area localities talk about data centers mm-hmm. and you talk about that money that, uh, that that could be coming to localities that has the possibility down the road to change to to, to change some things as far as funding goes yes it does i've had very extensive discussions about that and that's been on the radar for quite some time and speaking with a you know our officials here in the in in the county in Stafford County and um, Spotsylvania County. Also, this is I know that they are taking a look at that to see how that's going to be able to really bring in a, a strong impact into supporting some of the local infrastructure, particularly with K twelve education with school construction. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you know, but the the you know, there's just a finite amount of you know in in our in terms of um, supporting the data centers with our grid. So, you know, there's there's a point where you're going to lose out on competition of other regions, other counties, Louisa, et cetera, are mm-hmm. going ahead quickly approving them, you know. So it, there's a, a bit of an urgency. I've, I've been sh- that's been something that's been shared with me. So um, we'll, we'll, I, I know that's a bit, yeah, it is. It's a big part of the conversation in local government. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dele- uh, delegate, uh, soon to <laughs> it's be. It's still delegate. Delegate yeah, Tara Durant, <laughs> soon to be senator. Yeah. Uh, Tara Durant in this morning. So you've got, you've got a lot of legislation there in, in, in front of you that, that, that you're involved in. Talk about what a couple of the things that, that you're excited about as far as things that you'll be presenting in, uh, in, in Richmond oh this session. Oh, my gosh. People ask me all the time, what are you excited about? I'm so excited about this isn't even everything that you see in front of me. Um, I think That's I've, a lot. I know. Kathy, God bless her. She said, Tara, <laughs> maybe we can do eight or ten. <laughs> I said, I hear you. I, I validate you, but um, I don't know that's going to happen. I think we have 20. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, and, you know, this is 
the, the key issues that came up, you know, in this last year, and, and again, when I, you know, as a delegate, mm-hmm. it's um, it's the economy, jobs and economy, taxes, K-12 education. Education is big. And, yeah. and of course, you know, public safety, too. And it's also our veteran community. Um, that's You can't go out into our region without pretty much every house being, right. at, you know, someone's been, has served um, our country in some capacity or so, a relative, including our family. It's just, so yeah. um, working, there's uh, our Dan Gade, who is our um, commissioner of Veterans Affairs. Um, they've done uh, some work groups on how we can support our veteran. And so some of the legislations come from, from those work groups. Sure. And so yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. We've got, um, there's, oh gosh, there's quite a few really, um, a credit for military service for new teachers coming in. So if you've got, um, just in an effort to, to, to address that teacher shortage that yeah. we're facing is to incentivize veterans who are considering a career switch, um, by offering credit for their military service. And I think the federal government does some type of, you know, credit toward um, your service as well when you're coming in. Um, You know, one of the best examples I can think of is my son, his high school uh, math teacher was a a veteran. He graduated from the Naval Academy, had done 20 years. And, you know, with him, he he taught at the Procure High School where my son attended. And you know, in, in that track, that's a fast track where you, if you can practice the praxis, the, yeah. the exam that you have mm-hmm. to take to show you have a proficiency in understanding that material, that the STEM material, and um, you take some pedagogy classes to, to help you learn how to manage a class and how to be a teacher. Um, but, you know, for him, he wasn't, you know, if you're going to be in the public school realm, that's, you know, could be about 18 months and he would be using up his GI Bill. And for he, you, somebody like him wants to save his GI Bill for his children. Sure. So, you know, uh, having more of a fast-track opportunity to get somebody like him, he was just a wonderful teacher. So those are some of the kind of the pathways we're sort of taking a look at to see how we can try to streamline this, incentivize people to come in and, and to teach our kids. So what, what a huge thing that is mm-hmm. because um, Spotsylvania School Board last night talked a lot about uh, – just about teacher shortages and in, yeah. in ways, and, and everybody's talking about it. Yeah, this is one. This is one way to, to, to get people that that are that are qualified. Yeah, like you say, into the classroom quicker. Yeah, I mean, you know, I remember I went into back to school night at one of our, uh, I think it was an elementary school in Stafford, and I talked to this lady. She was just delightful. She had been. And working as a para for, I'm going to say, like three years. Had mm-hmm. located um, from, I want to say it was New York yeah. to Virginia. Really loved the schools. Was just that, I, I know a lot of people like this who come in and they're just so excited to be engaged in their kid's school and, and excited about it. And she said, I really want to be a teacher. Um, but it was a challenge to figure out what her courses that she had taken at the uh, in the other state, yeah. what she needed to identify to in order to start taking classes. And she was so eager and ready to do it, but she couldn't get the answers. So that's part of some of the, I think there's one area in here, I'm trying to find it, um, teacher licensure that would help clarify some of, in, in an open, you know, where people can go and see where, what do I need to take in terms of coursework to get in and be able to, 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 you know, change, switch careers or get into the field and know what, um, 
what what I, courses I need to take. And ultimately, this is going to be one of the ways and probably a key way to be able to deal with the teacher shortage because mm -hmm. at the moment, there just don't seem to be as many people going through college to get a, a you know young young people doing that mm -hmm. this is a way to get to be able to fill in some gaps until yeah until there can be, can yeah. be more doing that yeah yes and, so. yeah and then of course support them in terms of mm -hmm. you know what they need to do and how to yeah. find it. it shouldn't be a mystery right right so what else you got there oh gosh i mean uh there has been a bill that's come through the general assembly in fact um my predecessor, Bob Thomas, had it passed, but it was vetoed by the governor. I think it was Governor Northam um, on school protection officers. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bring that back again. Um, our school school boards are allowed to hire a private agency to serve as a school resource officer uh, or school protection officer, um, or they can opt to have the local sheriff's office, you know, send you know hire an officer. So yeah. some of the challenges that was shared with me is that we need to have some part-time school protection officers, particularly for our elementary schools. And so the idea was if create this, I guess, new classification, I think it is, of somebody who's retired and needs to take some of the coursework. And if we have, we have folks I think are in our already that's trained by um, our Department of Criminal Justice uh, in order to do some of those skills that they need to acquire in order to be a school protection officer mm -hmm. versus going to the full, I think it's an 18-week course. If you've got some some folks that have already served in law enforcement, they're retired, um, maybe they were with another sheriff's department or maybe served in another capacity in law enforcement, and they say, absolutely, I'd be willing to go down to serve part-time mm -hmm. as a school protection officer in the local um, elementary school or whatnot, that's it, that's going to help us be able to to keep our schools safer. Yeah. And I know that you know we just we love our school protection officers. They are such a vital part of the school community, and I think you know largely well loved. Um, but you know there there comes in in the general assembly a discussion and debate a lot about how we're using those resources versus mental health support. And the truth is, is those are coming from completely different sources mm. in our budget mm -hmm. so you know it's it's not really drawing away from mental health at all it's coming from you know and there's really actually to create that i think is is um very logical and i when i uh, passed it in the house last year i remember our sheriff decatur shared that he came down to testify and it was very very well received people were pretty excited about that idea so we're going to bring that again and uh see if maybe we can Make a difference this year. Well, and again, this this gets this gets uh, people into the schools that they're needed. Like you say, they're 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 not only loved; they 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 also uh, so often are, are able to get information that has proven valuable in in, in stopping things yeah. from happening exactly. in schools. I and the feedback that I've gotten is that they the kids love them. The yeah, teachers yeah, love oh, they them. Do. So you get the right person in there. So. Um, there is also, I've got, um, a bill that's come that I think was brought to me by, I think it was the veterans, it could have been the county. There's kind of, some of them are a bit of a blend, mm -hmm. but it's entering Virginia to a compact with other, other states to support teachers through a new pathway and licensure. So, um, this would be, um, 
yeah, it's from the Veterans Work Group, but I'm just reading through it now. Reciprocity for military spouses serving as full-time teachers. And so that would, um, you know, that license mobility for, for teachers who are coming in, relocating as a mili military spouse, and make sure we facilitate, enhance that exchange of, of their license and any information that the the other states, the member states can mm -hmm. share in terms of there's a disciplinary information or anything that we need to know. So um, there's, I think that's, I think entering into that compact with the other states is, it, I think would really bring um, support retention of teachers and, and removing some of those barriers. So um, another one that's, um, uh, we've had some, some challenges in education uh, in terms of school safety. And um, not just with, you know, like swatting instances. I remember Stafford County, we had a couple of them. I think it was last August. Um, be familiar with swatting. That's when somebody calls in a false. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's really disrupts the learning process for our kids. And it's, it's a burden on law enforcement and the schools. And, you know, so we've another part, uh, uh, area to protect schools so we can ensure that they're, they're safe and they're, they're, um, still running smoothly is protecting them from cyber attacks. Um, that has already, you know, deterring ransomware attacks, um, it's already targeted schools in Virginia, including in Fairfax County, which is the 10th largest school division. So um, really bringing in some stricter um, a felony for those that commit cyber crimes against our schools or school board, I think is kind of another tool in the toolbox we need to keep, yeah. our, keep our schools running. Yeah, it's you know it's unfortunate we have to do that, but now the 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 the, the swatter in, the incidents yeah. can, can be real dangerous mm -hmm. in that you don't know if it's not something's going on, and they're 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 just there are all kinds of them. horrific yeah. stories of of people who are oh. totally innocent and scary and yeah it's really scary for them, and you know cyber attacks is another another way that really is yeah. is, is going after our schools, it's disrupting them. So we've got to really, we have to address this in the General Assembly. So those are some of the things that we're looking at for um, for our teachers. Um, also, tax holiday weekend. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, we had that slip through the cracks. I yes. Think it, I did a little bit of research on it, and I'm really confident that we're going to get that reinstated. But I think it was, we, we were going to go back and take a look. I think it was somebody who had been a patron that just carried it and had not returned. So it was just one of those things that it unfortunately had a sunset. So that was an interesting thing because you, all of a sudden uh, we were you're always so used to doing I that it. I and then it. when you heard why it wasn't taking place you just thought how does this happen i did but it just it shows did. you that uh yeah with all the technology and all the things that we have that things things can yeah things can get dropped i know it well i'm well, well you know somewhere or another if it's me or someone else we're all coming together i think that that's <laughs> we're gonna make sure that we bring that back for so it'll be, a, it'll be a thing that it, it'll be it'll go back to its usual spot when it's what in that, right before right the, before the yeah, right before school I think gets started that's the, the goal the intention okay. so yeah that's <laughs> a lot of different ways that we've you know have got to to look at um what's happening with how we can support our our education our schools Tara Duran in this morning. She is about to be the uh, state senator for this region, covering uh, Stafford, Spotsylvania, and the city in the uh, 27th district. More coming up on News Talk 1230 WFVA. It is now 831. From the Fredericksburg Dot Today online news studios, this is News Talk 1230 WFVA, Fredericksburg, a centennial broadcasting station focused on Fredericksburg. 
This is Town Talk on News Talk 1230 WFVA. Hear the show anytime by subscribing to the Town Talk podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And now, here's your host, Ted Schubel. Tara Duran in this morning, uh, the uh, state senator-elect. And I, I just told you, I, I, it has occurred to me that I have never dealt with, in this area, with a delegate going to the state senate. So mm-hmm. after tomorrow, it's all you, your senator. I am. Yes, Durant. Take that. I, I, keep, I, I, have, I have jumped the gun. But yeah. this, is your, this, this is your last day as, as a delegate. It is. In fact, I, I thought about that today. It's bittersweet. I loved serving in the House. Yeah. I really enjoyed I really enjoyed it. I really well, did. I know from 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 covering the General Assembly, the House and the Senate are just so different. There's just there's there's uh, there's there's more people in the, in, in the House, but it's just it's, it's yeah. just different. It is. It's different, and I'll I'll tell you more post session about yeah, that. Yeah, that will be that will be very interesting to, yeah. to to see because after having spent a few years in the House and then go to the Senate, the Senate just seems quieter than the House. Yeah, and I think my pre session analysis is that. When I served in the House, you know, you're, you're learning the process, you're learning the, all of the folks that you're serving with and the, you know, how they, how they lean when it comes to certain issues yeah. on both sides of the aisle. And you just kind of, you, you're doing a lot of observing. And um, so, you know, serving with a caucus of 52, you know, you kind of start to observe some of the people that have got some experience and you feel like, you know, you just do a lot of observing, I guess. And that's how I approached it was try to learn as much as I can. And um, in the Senate with being, you know, 40 of us in there, um, as we talked about, so many of them are new. And a lot of the a lot of the new members are have come over from with house experience. Also, I'm not, yeah. not the only one. But I think that it, in terms of when you really are looking at legislation that comes through, there's a lot of fluidity, a lot of amendments that come through when you first do your homework and you read the bill. Um, and then a committee, there's some amendments or maybe even pure substitutions that come in. That can get introduced right there. You might have stayed up all night, you know, doing your homework and, okay, this is what the bill does. But then they come in and the patron says, I have a substitute. I have a amendment to it. So, yeah. You've got to stay very sharp with that, and I think that's going to be even more important for me coming into the Senate is to really have a solid, you know, ground understanding of what the legislation is intending to do and what's going to happen with it, and uh, you know, just be ready. And I guess uh, there, there's so much legislation that you're dealing with in such a short time. That's yeah. where you I guess you rely on your staff to to read through. There's no way you have have time to always be reading through bills, but just so something doesn't get through that uh, you don't want to, you know, that you want to have a say in, uh, whether it's statewide or even for for this area. Yeah, you, you you got there's a lot to watch. Well, you know, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who who worked on the Hill in Congress. Yeah, and staff definitely they lean on staff a lot um, because just of the show volume of the work at the state level, it's really more the legislator. You know, staff have, we've got a lot of different roles and responsibilities mm-hmm. um constituent services that's very very important um and you know just a whole myriad of things but it's really up to the legislator to know and understand it and be able to come in prepared when you go into committee and then what's coming down the pike in the um you rely on your committee chairs tra- conversations and you just you've got to know you really have to do your homework 
and, and, and I know there's, there, it's long days. Very. And um, so, yeah, no, if you, when, you've got to love this to, to get involved with this. I know. So it's the citizen legislature. You know, I'm sure it's born out of a grand schedule that our founding fathers set. You know, they probably came in about after Christmas and got the business of the Commonwealth done and then came back to do the probably the spring planting, I'm guessing. So we're still, you know, are, are, are still operate in that same way. Um, but I would say the volume of work is very much more full time. With the, the 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 both the House and Senate uh, this this session Democratic, the governor is is uh, is Republican. To get things done, I guess you're going to have to you're going to have to work together and, and, and fi- try to find some common ground. Yeah, it, that'll be very interesting to see if that in fact that's sh- that's how it should happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have new culture coming in. Like I said, there's thirty some new people in the House. We've and you know quite a few new new folks in the Senate. Yeah, it's that's probably the biggest question I have is is hoping that we are in fact effective. But we have a new election coming up for governor. There's there's a lot that comes into what's going to happen. Yeah, and then with this year being a presidential year, and yeah. we don't get a break in Virginia. We don't so get a break in Virginia. Us. It is. <laughs> I really do. Um, yeah, we've got a congressional, presidential next year, gubernatorial, Stories, yeah, and House of Delegates. Yeah, it's just. We just keep rolling. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I guess you now in the Senate, you don't you 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 get a little bit of a breather too. I do four from, years? Yeah, from Hear having to run. Time. Hey, yeah. you know this is four years. This is four years. <laughs> yeah. So w- w- one of the things I know, and, and there are um, there are several, and I, I think this this is uh, going under the the, the heading of um, constitutional amendments that have been been filed. I know mm-hmm. one is for abortion. Yeah. Or there's there are there are several of these uh, uh, some of the, some of these issues are now being tried to get into into state law through through a constitutional amendment which yeah. have to pass two diff, two sessions of the general assembly with an election with an election yes and then that goes to the it goes to the people correct so yeah i've been reviewing those um <laughs> i think uh that you know there most of us i think that are serving the General Assembly can see and read the tea leaves of how this is going to play out. It's setting the stage for where everyone feels like the, the Commonwealth needs to be heading. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. So th- those are those are a couple of things. Minimum wage is going to be an issue, yeah. I guess, this year. Yeah. Also, that th- there's a what a, a bump up to thirteen fifty in in twenty twenty five, and then fifteen dollars in twenty twenty six. And in, in a lot of cases, we're seeing some of the the what happens when with the uh, with the minimum wage, where there it, it it had been talked about, and we're seeing that there are there are some job losses, or we're we're paying a lot more for things. We are people are really they're struggling, and it's. Um, you know, the minimum wage, it, we have one of the most aggressive schedules in the entire country right now yeah. for it. And it, it absolutely poses challenges for small businesses, foundations, nonprofits. Um, but, you know, at some point, the the schedule for maybe seasonal employees or those who are part-time, college kids, that sort of thing, can, can jump past those that are their boss, their manager. And so it's either we scale back, we don't provide it may be as many tours for this in this nonprofit or we have to increase the the base salary because you know that's just you cannot have mm-hmm. 
some inequities going on there. So it's, it's, it poses a real challenge. And of course, the residual effect that we see is that it just, it gets more expensive and it's a huge challenge. I mean, I <laughs> have conversations with folks all the time yeah. and I really, and I, we hear a lot in, in what's happening with our economy and the budget is whether or not we're going to have that soft landing with this recession, how, what it's really going to look like. Yeah, no. I, you, you you talk to businesses all around, and there's there 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 really are great concerns. Going, Heartbreaking going Heart, forward. It's, it's challenging, and they, yeah, you know, because it doesn't stay stagnant. You 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 raise the the minimum wage, the other the cost of living across the board does not stay flat. You know, we're not making it better in terms of yeah. to make it more affordable. It's just it increases the cost. We've got some other bills there that we haven't we haven't gotten to yet. I know we can't get through all of them. I know, but I would say since I was elected, um, I you are able to submit some requests of what commissions you would like to serve mm-hmm. on, and one of them I requested that I've been really engaged with is the Behavioral Health Commission, um, and I'm hoping that I'd be able to continue working in that commission. We'll see what happens with my committee assignments, but. Um, I've been hosting a series of roundtables on behavioral health with a lot of different folks in the community, law enforcement, from even from Spotsylvania, though I didn't represent them. But I just started to have conversations, and I said, would you like to come? So mm-hmm. they did. And, of course, Stafford and City of Fredericksburg, as well as schools, um, the Community Services Board. I go to the Community Services Board roundtables as well and done a lot of listening. And we were able to get some legislation passed last year born from those sessions, and there's more coming um, down the pike. Um, I'm fully convinced that a lot of the challenges we're having with mental health is that we just don't have enough people in the field. Um, we need to have law enforcement has <laughs> going to pack a lot of this. They've got a huge challenge when they have somebody who's experienced a mental health crisis yeah. and they, they have a civil order called a temporary detainment order or emergency custody order. They've got to stay with them until they get properly turned over to be admitted for treatment somehow and if there's no one to take them law enforcement gets taken off the streets and they've got to sit with them sometimes for days right and you know you have somebody's experience a crisis and they're being handcuffed to the bed sometimes little children it's just absolutely unsustainable so short-term solutions longer-term solutions and one of the longer term is is how are we going to get more people um to field uh you know those who are be able to support them and it's 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 incredibly challenged for our schools. A lot of children experiencing increased levels of anxiety and depression, um, increased uh, suicide ideations. Um, and our law enforcement, they, they would bring statistics about the overtime and the amount of, that they were spending. And they're just, they've made it so clear, we, this is absolutely not sustainable. So one of the couple of different things that we're working on that I'm very excited about is when I went to... Um, uh, the Community Services Board roundtable, there was someone from Germana who said, you know, we have pathways for patient care if you have a student that comes out with a two-year degree mm-hmm. or even children that have come through high school and have had some dual enrollment and then maybe another year, they're able to get into, in some areas like the ER, and et cetera, et cetera. Why don't we have this for, for, for mental health? And I said, you're absolutely right. So there's a a um, pilot program that that Germana has been doing, and so 
one of the, it, I don't think it's going to be called like a mental health tissue, but something along that line where we can get students to come in. I think the broader picture is it's very clear that if you're going into a field like this and if you have that maybe for older people like me who did that traditional, I went away to college and I, yeah. you know, incurred my student debt, whatever, it's become a real burden and it's a deterrent to say you're going to be saddled with this type of debt and the field is not going to be able to support with that salary. So it's we have to create different pathways in giving them a career path. And that means they've got to be able to earn and support themselves while they learn. And we've got to scale this up. And so this is one of the ways that we're working toward that is through this type of program where people are getting maybe their two-year, they're going to have a supervisory role, will not require necessarily a bachelor's degree if somebody's got long experience, supervised experience. And so we can just try to to build up that area for it. And the, the other piece of it is um, when it comes to the temporary detainment orders, and I know I'm getting a little bit wonky here, but um, we have a, a legislation that we passed, the alternate transport. So it's not just our law enforcement. And we're kind of okay. beefing that up and strengthening that through another bill. I'm not carrying it, but I'm closely working with this one, and I'll support it, I think, that will help be able to get our law enforcement to get them back on the streets and be able to do their job so we can get these people the help they need. No, I know I'm talking with law enforcement. That's that's, that's a huge, huge, that is a huge huge issue. issue. Like you're saying, it it is taking people off the street and sometimes they're just in situations where they don't need to be. Yeah. And the governor has really, I'm so grateful that he's dialed in and made this a top priority. There's quite a bit of, um, in the budget, um, set for, for the, for this issue. Um, his program is called Right Help Right Now. And, you know, I'll be very frank. I've been always told people it's, you know, mental health challenges affected my family. I don't think you can talk to anybody that hasn't had someone that's exactly. experienced something. So, mm-hmm. you know, we bring down those barriers when we talk about it. I, you know, I know what it's like. And Right Help Right Now means you don't get, you don't reach out to someone and say, well, we can't get you into three weeks. They need help now. And if we, if they need help now, we need to have, um, we need to have therapists. We need to have technicians we need to have a lot of people on on board to be able to support them and that means now i remember we had this conversation now I, i'm remembering and it was either a year or two ago that we did have this conversation that i didn't know that you had that background and in, in, in such a strong interest in this but that's so interesting when you when you talk about in, especially in, in in this area of we need people in this area but if they're going to incur debt and yeah. yet, and yet, the the field isn't going to be able to to provide a salary that they they're able to, yeah. to pay that down. That's that's a problem. It's a problem, and there's there. This can be. We can do this. I firmly believe yeah. that if you are, um, if you have paid internships or you know you have grant opportunities, um, there's a wonderful um, new uh, nonprofit um, service that's it, it's actually here in Stafford County, and they're they're just. Vision, through Vision Committee Church, and they've got a wonderful lady that is working on her credentialing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, she wants to stay, but she has she has to support herself. I think she has a family. Yeah. So this, their micro grants now that they've been able to apply for through the governor's right help right now, you know, approach that could help support people like that so that she can continue to work toward her licensure and still be able to stay in the field. So I know we can do this. It's just going to take a lot of hands on deck to, to lean into it. So we have time for one more bill. Okay. Do you have one more? Oh my gosh. You, to, you, you choose one more. 
Oh, um, oh, how do I prioritize? There's so many um, that I'm excited about. Um, there, well, I would say actually one of the other areas. I mean, haven't been formally, you know, served as a teacher and a mom of three kids. And um, when we got of my first session in the House of Delegates, we had passed what was called the Virginia Literacy Act to really look at the science of reading and be able to get kids you know, tackle that mm-hmm. learning loss from COVID and school closures. How are we going to tackle it? So we've done some amazing work in that area. But I went to the Secretary of Education. I went to the chair of the Education Committee. I started on and said, what are we doing for math? Um, I, someone said a really profound statement is that we are not actually doing the math to calculate how we're going to close the gap. Meaning if you have certain number of skills that a child is learning in math on a normal scenario mm-hmm. how how do we have to accelerate that if we're going to close those gaps and so i've been working with um a lot of different folks to to bring in a numeracy act where we can really target how how we're going to close that um because i feel like it's math is so cumulative if you are able to identify where kids just didn't grasp concepts but they've got to move on because right. that's how we teach math Instead, we look at it from a evidence-based um, approach where we can identify some of those skills that those kids just didn't get. If they don't know how to divide fractions, if that's a big part of it, then how are we going to build them up to, to learn, the, the, you know, that builds upon that? They've, so if we can, this is part of that approach is to say, you, you've got to approach math not from that perspective of it's okay, you don't have to be good at math, you know, you, there's other things you could do. Instead of approaching like we do with reading is if you're struggling with it, no problem. We're going to bring in the cavalry. You can have reading specialists. We have to do, have that yeah. same approach with kids. It's like, I understand you're struggling. Don't worry about it. We've got support here. We're going to get you there. That doesn't mean you're going to be a mathematician. It doesn't mean you're going to be a literary professor. But you do have to have requisite skills to get you before. Yeah. Because it's a gatekeeper for high school. You've, you know, for the advanced math courses for um computer science classes, et cetera. They've got to have it. So really, I'm excited about this one. I think it's going to be a work in progress. What what strikes me with these with these bills that we have talked about, Tara, today is that these these are really meaty bills. <laughs> these aren't these aren't just little fluffy little things. Well, there's some that I have too. But well, yeah. but, but what yeah. we have talked about, this, yeah. the, the, these really have have implications statewide. Yeah. Well, I know for educators, they, the last thing they need is to have a burden or have more testing for you to do, and it's not meaningful. So I'm very cognizant that. I talked to a lot of educators about what makes sense to help support them to be able to do their job and how to help children. So, you know, I'm excited about that, but I feel like we really, it's an area that really needs support. Quick break. We'll come back and wrap it up with uh, State Senator-elect Tara Durant as our, our General Assembly preview winds down this morning. We'll be right back on News Talk 1230 WFVA. This is Down Talk on News Talk 1230 WFVA. Download the all-new News Talk 1230 WFVA app for Apple and Android. Text your comments or questions directly to the studio at 540-371-5756. And now, here's your host, Ted Schubel. State Senator-elect Tara Durant here this morning. 27th uh, Senate District General Assembly begins tomorrow. And I guess if uh, people want to come down and see the Capitol, and uh, it's it's great to come down and just just watch an hour or two of of, uh, oh, of a floor session. It's just please terrific. Do. Please do. If there's 
if there are teachers out there that want to bring their class, anybody wants to please get in touch with us. Um, Kathy's got a lot of experience with that. We love to, to host people and just get in touch. We come see the new General Assembly. This is, mm-hmm. you know, the people's building. Come see the Capitol. I mean, it still takes your breath away. If oh, you, it does. If it doesn't, you you, it's time for you to go. And this, yeah. the history of the General Assembly, what is it? It's like the longest serving. Yeah, the House of Delegates is the successor to the House of Burgess. Yeah. It's the longest um, legislature in the Western Hemisphere. Yeah. It's over like, 400 years. Yeah. So, what an honor to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Just it, the it, history of everything. It is. It's really, you know, I, I joke one time I went to a conference that was down in. Atlanta, and they said, if you'd like to have a little alternate tour of our capital, I'm like, oh, we have Thomas Jefferson's capital. <laughs> I, I don't, yeah. We're you know, okay. I know they're all beautiful, yeah. but I'm a little biased toward what we have. But absolutely, I would love to have people. Um, my daughter's class is coming. You know, there's so many great things to see. For a, a day for you, when? Wh- how early does the day start? For a legislator. I, yeah, I mean, it, a lot of my committees would start at 7 a.m. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. So you got to be seated and ready to go with your homework done. and um, Or there's some, you know, there's there's caucuses, um, Bible study, um, the speaker's Bible study. Mm-hmm. Um, that was Wednesdays, one of the highlights on Wednesday mornings to go to that. Um, the governor often... Um, would host it. Um, Bill Howell hosted it too. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of things that keep you busy and then they go late. I mean, you get done and depending on the committees, they can go late. Yeah. Tara Durant, we'll stay in touch and yes, we'll get together so after much. the session. This has been great. To I get really a appreciate the opportunity to come on today. Tara Durant, 27th State Senate District, Stafford, Spotsylvania, and the city. General Assembly begins tomorrow. Thank you for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Talk on News Talk 1230 WFVA. The views expressed by the hosting guests on this program are their own and not necessarily those of this station, its management, or Centennial Broadcasting. Hear the show anytime by subscribing to the Town Talk podcast on your favorite podcast platform. The Glenn Beck program is next on News Talk 1230 WFVA, focused on Fredericksburg.